Christianity and, and the term Christian has been hijacked and has such uh, uh, just got a phone call my good friend uh, hopefully uh, I'll be able to interview that friend uh, which I was really looking forward to doing uh, possibly for this podcast while I'm there so we'll see how that works out uh, all right so I feel like today it is a it is a helpful uh, it, it's at least helpful to me and, and to a lot of people I know to differentiate between the term Christian and the term disciple of Christ and I feel like we have license to do that uh, first and foremost because the term Christian was a term that was given to us by non-Christians. It wasn't something that Jesus ever wanted us to be called necessarily, as far as we know. It wasn't something that Christians call themselves. It was what the world began to call the followers of the Christ, began to call them Christians. Uh, and what Jesus called yeah, his, his people were, were, were uh, you know, terms that were much more personal. Uh, he called them brothers, he called them friends. Uh, he used, uh, of course, personal names, and of course he called them disciples. He said, if you want to meet, be my disciple, uh, you know, you have to take up your cross, for example. So, disciple was a term that Jesus did accept. Now, uh, which you know, is my argument why disciple or disciple of Jesus or disciple of Christ is a, is a better moniker, a better label to wear, I think, especially in this day and age. Now, the reason is, uh, in this day and age, Christian has so many meanings. For example, uh, if, if you were to talk to a believer in Allah and, and Muhammad uh, and tell them about uh, what it's like to be a Christian or, or to ask them, would you like to be a Christian? Right away, that term Christian, uh, they would put up red flags and they would run for the door. Uh, because in their mind, the term Christian means the exact same thing that that uh, we would think of when, when we would hear a believer in Islam or Islamic. Uh, they, they hear right away enemy. Uh, they hear, you know, the term Christian equals a soldier with guns who has invaded my land who wants to kill me. <laughs> uh, and and if, if that's the case, Certainly, in the Islamic world, uh, if Christian is not a word that we were given by Jesus himself uh, to be called by, then by all means, why not drop it? On the other hand, Islamic people do revere Isa. Isa is the Islamic word for Jesus, and Isa is considered one of their prophets and arguably their highest prophet, one of the most revered person in the Quran. Uh, and so you can have a conversation about Isa with uh, Islamic people and even following the way of Isa without incurring the 
uh, subsequent wrath and uh, opposition that you would were you to mention the word Christian or Christianity. Uh, therefore, I would submit that the term Christian today is a worldly term, whereas disciple of Jesus is a spiritual term. And, and there's so many more um, instances of this. I mean, you know, the, if you were to even go to America, the term uh, Christian and even the term evangelical uh, is really problematic. You know, there are so many connotations. If you were to go to America and say, I am an evangelical Christian, well, right away you are labeled as a right-wing uh, political, uh, politically motivated person. Someone who constantly bemoans the loss of their uh, amendment rights, their, their first or second amendment rights. Someone who is constantly demanding that their rights be upheld. Someone who constantly demands that uh, the government allow religious activities here and there and everywhere. Uh, someone who is intolerant, who is hateful, and who is mean. <laughs> now that's not to everybody, of course. If you, if you tell an evangelical Christian you are an evangelical Christian, well, in that case, you're welcomed into the fold. You're part of the family. Uh, well, at least if you don't get down to the specific denomination, depending on the denomination and what they think of it, you may be ostracized just as much. So, disciple, disciple of Jesus. Let's get back to being disciples. Uh, now that we're on the, the term disciple, and hopefully you agree with me that it, it is a, an acceptable term to be called by. What is a disciple, and what did it mean to be a disciple uh, back in the time of Jesus? Uh, I've uh, recently read some books on discipleship by Mike Breen, by uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, or Bonhoeffer, depending on how you say that. Um, I've read about discipleship uh, by Frank Viola as well. Uh, and what you find is a disciple is very specific. A disciple is not someone who claims to believe the Bible. A disciple is not someone who goes to church faithfully. A disciple is not someone who uh, partakes of the sacraments uh, a disciple is a follower of the way of Jesus. A disciple of Jesus is specifically somebody who follows and lives his life or her life in the way of Jesus Christ. Now we find in the, in the, in the Gospels just how Jesus lived and how he expected his disciples to behave and to to uh, to live their lives. Um, if you if you read John, uh, the Gospel of John, uh, much of it reads like a manual for discipleship. The 
you know, very specific, uh, what to do, how to do, how to live, um, It's like a course, a, a crash course on discipleship. Um, and, uh, you know, here again, I'm driving, and part of, the, part of the reason I like to do this driving theology is so that I can't depend on opening up the Bible and reading specific scriptures. Uh, but this is a good way for me to test my uh, comprehension of what I'm reading and, and understanding on, of a specific subject. So, you know, I can't stop now and, and open up the Bible uh, or certainly not read the Bible as I'm driving. Uh, and I have not memorized large portions of the Scripture, um, believe it or not. <laughs> but uh, you'll find all throughout Scripture that Jesus was uh, very intentionally teaching a small number of people how to live live their lives and carry on his work in his absence, and he knew from from the beginning that he would one day leave them and would have to leave them alone, uh, at least bodily. And so, uh, especially in John, and, and about half of John is uh, was written about the last week in Jesus's life. You find very uh, uh, quite a few very specific lessons um, that that are uh, taught to the disciples in preparation for Jesus's imminent uh, departure from the world. Uh, one of those is when he washes the feet of the disciples. He's trying to teach a very deep uh, understanding of. Uh, leadership structure and how he wants the church to be led not by a top-down uh, type of leadership but from a servant you know the first must be last if you want to be the greatest you must be the servant of all uh, and so you we find Jesus teaching this uh, just you know a day or two before he is to be crucified uh, taking the time to teach what on the surface might be a very simple lesson, but what he knew uh, was was very much needed and was necessary so that the church would not go off track and it would not deviate from uh, the, the way that he was instituting. Uh, other examples, um, uh, you know, would have been the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper is something that happened just on the, the night he was arrested. Uh, the Lord's Supper was a very specific uh, lesson that he wanted them to understand how, in his departure, we would, how his disciples would go on and be able to continue to fellowship, have fellowship with the Lord Jesus, and also to commune with him. Uh, also, uh, how to keep the body together, worshiping. Uh, how to keep them united through the, the, the eating of food and the drinking um, uh, of the fruit of the vine. And how that we would need to go back time and time again to partake of Him so as not to 
forget the truths that he was teaching the disciples at that time and the truths of his death, death burial, and resurrection. Uh, now Jesus uh, specifically, and, and you'll find this, if you'll read the, the Gospels closely, you'll find that he really shied away from the bigger crowds. Now when he needed to uh, fulfill a certain role for the big crowds, of course he, he did that. He fed the 4,000 and the 5,000. Uh, he healed crowds of people from their illnesses and, and uh, from their... Uh, demon possessions, and even raised people from the dead. Uh, he, he did all of those things. But his main ministry was to establish his body, uh, his body on earth, even though he bodily would be withdrawing, his body in the form of the church would continue. Um, but he, he pointedly poured his life into a small group of people, uh, what we know to be between 12 and possibly 20 people, but no more than 20, probably more like 15, a group of 12 men specifically, and also several women, probably four or five women, uh, if not even more. Uh, he specifically uh, went away and escaped the crowd so that he could spend more time with them. And to them he gave, uh, he talked plainly. To the crowds he spoke in parables. But to the, to the disciples uh, he tried to speak as plainly as possible so that they would have the best understanding and so that the, the word uh, of God uh, inside of the disciples would have the best chance of spreading through the work of the disciples and through their adherence uh, to the way of Jesus uh, after Jesus was to ascend back into heaven. In 800 meters, keep right at the fourth. Um, and so Jesus very specifically shied away from big crowds of people. He he wasn't interested. He, he was not interested in trying to reach a lot of people all the time. Now he did. Right at the fourth. He did spread seed that direction, of course. You know, he he did whatever he needed to do to to Continue spread the straight. gospel. And many of those people who heard the the words of Jesus in more uh, mass event. Uh, evangelistic settings, you know, when he spoke to the people, for example, on the Sermon on the Mount, uh, or when he uh, healed the four and five thousand, when he'd speak to many people and teach to many people. Of course, those seeds were planted, uh, and most likely, most of those people, uh, I don't know, well, I hope most, I don't know, but many of those people, because of those initial seeds that were planted in Jesus's mass, uh, mass e evangelism, uh, were harvested by his disciples later who came who came back and started discipling people themselves. Uh, now we don't have records in the scriptures specifically of the way that all of the disciples discipled. Uh, we have some, you know, 
we can see Paul very specifically. Uh, he seemed to uh, really try to disciple, uh, and that was his mode of evangel evangelism. Uh, his his mode of evangelism was to disciple. He never went anywhere by himself. He always took somebody with him so that uh, he would be able to to speak life into uh, someone less mature than him and show them the way of Jesus. Uh, now, interestingly enough, Paul was the least knowledgeable, uh, at least as far as human knowledge, on how Jesus lived and worked. But, of course, he spent a lot of time with the disciples of Jesus who were, were with him. You know, Paul was one born out of season, I think is how it, it's put. Um, and, and so Paul, we see, mostly because he wrote so much on the subject, Paul very specifically did disciple people. He, he gathered disciples and spoke into a small uh, number of people. Uh, and he had also his circle, uh, I believe he had a circle of, of even closer people, such as Barnabas uh, and Luke, uh, or sorry, Barnabas and Timothy, possibly Luke, who were very close to Paul and got his, his uh, most of his attention and gave most of their attention to Paul. Um, so discipleship as found in the Gospels, uh, man, I'm all for that. And, and it's sad that I have not experienced that up until this point in my upbringing. I, I wasn't really discipled. I was, you know, I, I feel like I was uh, converted in the very usual way of, you know, look at all these other people that believe it, you should believe it too. And it's almost a peer pressure way that a lot of people are brought into uh, into the church and into Christianity. But to become a disciple of Jesus, I am learning the hard way, is a much more intentional process. Uh, and, and, and I am trying to uh, disciple uh, people myself. I'm, I'm trying to, even though I haven't necessarily been intentionally discipled as I would hope, I'm still praying and depending on the Holy Spirit to make up for my lack of knowledge so that I can break the cycle uh, and, and start afresh uh, the discipleship process, uh, at least in, in the line that will, you know, hereditarily grow from from me. Uh, I hope to, to make disciples not of myself, but of Jesus. Uh, and so I pray that I will become the best and most diligent disciple that I can be of Jesus uh, by, uh, through prayer, of course, and through uh, listening to Jesus, through reading of Scripture, through listening to others more mature. Uh, than me, uh, and hope, hopefully miraculously, I hope to to be discipled directly by Jesus, some way as Paul was. I, uh, you know, 
it would be hard for me to, to go back and be discipled specifically at my age. Uh, and yet still I believe in the process and I believe that I cannot just convert people, that I need to disciple people. I, I, I really believe that now and it's been a long time for me to get to this point. Uh, and so discipleship, uh, man, if, if, if you're a young Christian, if you, if you are a believer, I pray that you have the desire to find a more mature Christian who has been discipled and that you will, you will humble yourself so that you can be planted at their feet and learn the way of Jesus through sharing life with them. I pray that young Christians everywhere find uh, mature Christians who are willing to disciple them. And if you want to find the blessed life, if you want to lead a more blessed life in Jesus, uh, if you want to follow Jesus, uh, it's it's the way. The way of Jesus is discipleship. That, you know, when, when Christians did refer to themselves, they referred to themselves. Uh, at least at, in one instance, as the way, the way of Jesus. This way is discipleship. The process of sharing life together over time. You know, Carl Madeiras, he, he said that discipleship just is time shared together. You know, uh, we have to be willing to and ready to share our lives with, with other people. And that's how we're going to disciple them. Um, you know, back to Mike Breen, he had a, a very interesting uh, saying. Uh, he said, if you make disciples, you will always get the church. But if you make the church, you rarely get disciples. And I think this is back to uh, back to the truth that discipleship is the way that Jesus prescribed uh, for for being a part of the body. The way to be a part of the body is to be a disciple. Uh, and disciples automatically. And this again is from Mike Breen. That disciples do mission. Uh, disciples do edification. Uh, disciples do worship. Because they do all the things that Jesus did. Jesus did all of these things. He spoke into his disciples. He, he spoke life into the masses through the truths and words of the kingdom. And he worshipped and spent time with the Father. He did all of these things well. And so a disciple of Jesus is going to do all of these things well. If you are a true disciple, you will be an edifier of the church. You will be a worshiper of the Father. And you will be an evangelist. And perhaps these things will happen in season. You may not uh, achieve this every day of your life. You know, they may happen in season. But that's the prompting of the head of the body, Jesus, uh, 
that is happening then. And Jesus says, okay, it's time for you to be in this season. This is, this is the season that I've been preparing you for. And I now uh, tell you that that's the season you're in. So back to podcast one, hearing the voice of Jesus, knowing uh, what to do as Jesus prescribes it. I think that's a desire we should all have. Because if you're not listening to Jesus, how can you be a disciple? If, if you're not hearing from Jesus day to day, you're not really a disciple. You know, you're not being discipled by Jesus. Uh, and so I, I think I'm probably way over time. I think actually all I had left on SoundCloud was 20 minutes or so for this podcast. So I'll probably have to go ahead and go pro on, on SoundCloud uh, in order to have the space for this podcast. But uh, thank you, any of you who have been listening, I appreciate it. I appreciate you listening. I, uh, I really covet your your response. Uh, I would like to know uh, if, if, if anything I'm saying is... is helping you at all, or if, if you like or dislike the format, uh, really any and all uh, feedback is welcome. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, may God bless your walk with Jesus. May you find uh, someone to disciple you, and may, you, uh, may Jesus bless you with disciples. good time.